0: We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay.
1: Today's guest is Rafael Lovato Jr. Rafael's a legend in the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu scene. He's been a lifetime martial artist and the owner and head instructor of Lavato School of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Mixed Martial Arts in Oklahoma City. He's achieved nearly everything that is possible in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and is now showcasing his talents in the professional mixed martial arts scene with a record of 10 fights, 10 wins, with 8 of them coming by finishes. He's a 4th degree Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and holds a Muay Thai black belt as well. He's the leader of the Lovato Jiu-Jitsu Association, and his bio is simply amazing. He's been the MMA world champion in Legacy and Bellator. He's won black belt Jiu-Jitsu titles all over the world, where he's been world Gi champion as well as world no Gi champion three times. He's a 13-time IBJJF world medalist holder. He's a three-time Pan champion. Over in Brazil, he went on to become the Brazilian national champion and the Brazilian national absolute champion. And he holds so many more championships and titles. He was the first person to ever win the IBJJF Grand Slam in 2007. The first non-Brazilian to ever win a major IBJJF absolute title in 2013. He holds the honour of being the first American to win the Pans as a black belt. The first American to win the Europeans as a black belt. The first non-Brazilian to win the Brazilian Nationals. You get the idea. His accomplishments keep rolling and rolling. In this interview, we discuss his story his inspiration and influences, the bond he has with his father, why he's been so successful, his views on competition, how you can develop yourself as a person as well as a fighter and so much more. Now he was a bucket list guest for me and it's been an honour to feature him. I'm very proud of this interview and I hope it helps you on your martial arts journey and hitting that next level in your life. This is my 100th episode and it's a milestone moment for me. It blows me away to keep attracting such amazing guests each week. I'd like to say a massive thank you to you for listening. I don't care if this is your first episode or your hundredth. I really appreciate you being part of my community and for joining me on the voyage towards self-development and bettering ourselves compared to who we were yesterday. I couldn't keep doing this without the support of my listeners as well as the feedback you sent me. So please keep it coming. This podcast has helped and changed my life in so many ways and I hope you're getting what you need from it. Please leave reviews. Please give me feedback. Everything helps keep developing the show. I've got so many amazing plans and so many guests lined up for the next hundred and I can't wait to see what you think. And now let's get to the interview. Cannot thank you enough for coming on because I've been a major fan of yours since I discovered your you know, your pressure passing, um submission hunting, these kind of instructionals you used to do. But for people who don't know your name, which is gonna be very few could you just give a quick introduction of who you are and how you're a legend in the sport of Brazilian <clears throat> Jiu-Jitsu?
2: I'm um, Sure. So uh, my name is Rafael Lovato Jr. Um, I am a, a fourth degree Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I've been a black belt now for, uh, oh goodness, about to be 16 years. Um, I received my black belt when I was 21, and at that time I was the youngest non-Brazilian to ever receive a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, my father is a lifetime martial artist, and uh, so I grew up in the martial arts, um, studying under the Jikundo system as a child. And then my father discovered Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when I was around 11, 12 years old, and uh, and then that became my my primary focus and love. Um, and my father received his black belt one year before I did in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And we became the first um, American father and son Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts. Uh, In the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm one of a handful of non-Brazilian black belt world champions in the gi. Um, I have uh, eight world medals in the gi, um, as well as being a three-time black belt no-gi world champion. I was the first non-Brazilian to become a black belt gi and no-gi world champion. Um, I was also the first person to ever Grand Slam, winning all four major IBJJF tournaments in the same year. And, uh, you know, there's more. I I, uh, was a Brazilian national champion, the first non-Brazilian to win that, the first non-Brazilian to win a major absolute title. Uh, I've made a lot of history in the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu for Americans and for non-Brazilians. And uh, and then six years ago, I started my MMA, MMA career. And last year, I became uh, an undefeated Bellator MMA world champion as well.
1: And it's, you know, you're undefeated. Um, was it 10 fights? Yes. Yeah. I mean, do you think you were always predestined to be a martial artist? Do you think, uh, what would you have liked to have become if the martial artist route had been denied or, you, you know, your family wasn't involved in martial arts? Do you think you would always have found it eventually?
2: Oh, you know, that's an interesting question. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, You know, my whole life, martial arts has been there uh, because of my father. So I I can't even imagine a life without it. And, you know, where I would have went. My my father is also a musician at heart. In fact, he kind of goes back and forth with uh, between martial arts and music as far as which is his number one passion. And so probably if martial arts wasn't there, I would have went down uh, the music road in some shape or form, um, still following my father's footsteps, so to speak. Uh, He he tried to get me into music when I was younger, uh, but I was just a a fighter at heart. I I preferred, um, you know, training martial arts well over uh, practicing any instrument uh, that they tried to have me do. So Um, But I I am a huge music lover, as I think we all are, uh, especially hip hop. I'm a a huge hip hop head. So uh, some of my best friends are in the production world. And, and um, maybe I would have tried to go something down that route, that that route. But I I believe I would have always searched for something athletically, um, you know, just just because I, I love to, to be active. And so um, with my height and the fact that I also loved basketball, maybe I would have tried to play basketball and, and do music or something like that.
1: Right. I mean, what kind of instruments would have been the attraction to you? Because is it your saxophone your father plays?
2: No, he plays the organ. Um, organ. Yeah, he's, he's a classical organist. Um, and so, you know, way outside the box, organ And martial arts, (laughs) you know, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a one of a kind. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of classical music with my father. Um, Bach is probably his, his favorite artist. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's an organist and they tried to have me first. I believe it was the drums, which I barely remember. I was really, really little. And then, um, he got me into the violin trying to keep me, Somewhat in that more classical music realm that he enjoyed, and I absolutely hated the violin, like I hated it. <laughs> and that only <clears throat> that only lasted about a year, and then he finally just gave in and uh, and just let me train martial arts all the
1: time. So you've talked quite a <clears throat> bit about um, before in other interviews about you know us finding our passions, discovering our whys in life and stuff like that where do you see guys going wrong in your opinion you know is the fact that we no longer have these kind of rituals from like boys to men you know is that where we've gone wrong we've kind of removed how to find our passion I mean, you discovered yours at an early life but how do we what advice would you give to somebody who's struggling to find their why and find out what they love and what they want to pursue in life
2: well, you're kind of asking a few different questions there.
1: Um, you know, <laughs> I have not had that, unfortunately.
2: No, it's fine. It's fine. I think uh, finding your passion is going to be number one before you really find your why. Um, you know, finding what you love to do. Um, you know that that takes some exploring. That takes some self self searching. Um, not being scared to go outside the box, outside the norm of of society or or what you're your parents and and the environment that you've came up in, you know, what, what everyone around you is doing, what you may really, really love could be something completely outside of what everyone around you is, is doing and and maybe loves to do. So, um, you know, the exploring and soul searching uh, could involve traveling, um, you know, going on different little adventures to discover new things, try new things, um, you know, and all that, 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 that encompasses, but I believe everyone has something that is, is more or less their calling, you know, that thing that, that they could do every day. And that's kind of where it would start is like, if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do every day of your life? You know, what do you love to do? How can you be creative? What, what can you create? Um, you know, what gets your juices flowing? What, what inspires you, what wakes you up and and uh, and, you know, makes you kind of lose lose track of time and, and, and everything else around you um, to where you get lost in something. And, uh, you know, once you find what that is, then that's your calling, you know, and you should figure out a way to dedicate your life to that. um you know, because in the end, doing anything else is not going to really make you happy. It's not really going to be fulfilling you because you're just doing it to, you know, pay the bills or or have security um, and more or less just kind of go through life, you know. Um, and so, uh, like, I think you have to discover that, figure out how, you know, you can monetize that, you um, Seek out uh, uh, specialized knowledge um, from, from other professionals in that realm. Uh, find a mentor, you know, and, and take the risk. Get out of your comfort zone. Invest in yourself and just go all in on, on whatever that is because it will always, always, always be worth it, uh, 100%. There's no way it won't become worth it. Um, and then inside of that, on that journey, once you discover what it is, and as you're making the decisions to go all in, then you discover your why, um, you know, exactly whether it's, you know, for, for family, uh, maybe there's a little bit of an element of just proving to yourself, um, that you can do it and, um, you know, accepting that challenge, um, you know, maybe you're trying to set, um, set a new path, a new course for others to follow. Um, you know, of course, deep down, I think we, we probably all want to make someone proud of us, uh, if it's parents or, or some sort of other relative or guardian who was there for you and, and probably sacrificed a lot in some shape or form for you. And now you want to become successful and give back to them in some way. Um, however, it is you know maybe you have already have a family of your own, um, you know, and you're trying to be an example for them and provide for them, uh, you know, whatever it is inside of of all those decisions and kind of coming to moments, you 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 need to be constantly reflecting and and figuring out what your why is at every step of the of the way.
1: And did you sort of feel any pressure to continue the, the sort of lineage of your family that you know into jujitsu after your father's success or were you always at that point of you know setting goals for yourself and wanting to see how far you could push it because you've hit a level of performance that few ever reach what was the sort of initial driving force behind that you know Mm -hmm. is it just you wanting to be the best or what was your motivation at the very start
2: Uh, well, at the very start, um, I would, I mean, it it all comes down to my father. Definitely. You can trace it back to him. Of course, uh, me being a son, you know, and an only child, um, and, and, you know, following my father's footsteps, uh, he was my first teacher and just going to the Academy with him. Um, ever since I was a little boy and just seeing him train, seeing him teach, of course, in the very beginning, I just, I really just wanted to make my dad proud. That was, uh, That was the key motivation for me in, um, in following his footsteps and, and training martial arts, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu when we, when he discovered Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I started learning jiu-jitsu, uh, I would say that at that point it became a little more personal, uh, for me, uh, because I loved martial arts, but, but jiu-jitsu was different. Um, I mean, I really, really, really fell in love with jiu-jitsu. Um, I enjoyed training all martial arts, but jujitsu was just something that came very natural to me. Um, you know, I, I, did, I did boxing and Thai boxing and, uh, even studied, you know, stick fighting and, and, uh, weapons. And, um, you know, we, we, we cross trained in so many different arts inside of the JKD system. Um, and I, and I liked them all, but jujitsu, man, I really, really, really fell in love with that. And, um, then I started making my own personal goals. Uh, when I first started traveling to Brazil, I was only 16. I had just turned 16 a month prior. So I was a baby, you know, I was a teenager and, uh, and I go to Brazil and this was without my, my father or my parents, you know, that they invested in me. Um, we didn't have very much money back then. And the school was struggling. Uh, you know, there wasn't a, as much of a market for, for martial arts schools back then, um, especially real martial arts, like what we were doing, you know, uh, for, for real self-defense and combat, not, not just karate and Taekwondo, not that there's anything wrong with those, but, you know, we were very straight to the point and, uh, there just wasn't much of a market for that back then. So, um, you know, my, my dad just in his eyes, he sees himself struggling to run this school Um, and he's investing in me for jujitsu because he knows that I love it. But deep down, he really wanted me to go to school. Um, and you know, I went to Brazil and I, as I said, jujitsu was my passion. And I, I like said to myself, Hey, I want to be a a black belt world champion in this. And I want to make history as an American. That was like, that's something that as a teenager, I figured that out. Um, but then I was feeling pressure from my father to go to school. Um, And so I got out of high school and I started college Um, and he did not want me to take over the martial arts school. He wanted me to become a professional and not have to, you know, uh, have, have a job that uh, was so dependent on, on others. And, um, you know, uh, could, could go, could go either direction, right? He wanted me to live that stable, sort of, you know, a professional lifestyle. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to become a millionaire, but at the same time, I wouldn't become broke. Um, but it was too late. I, uh, I was so in love with jiu-jitsu. Like I said, I had already set my goals of becoming a black belt world champion. And then I'm in college as a brown belt. Uh, and I did about two and a half, three years of college. Um, and when I was 20, I, um, uh, I, I like just set my parents down and, and said, Hey, look, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I wasn't doing very well in school and I was struggling, um, in the competition scene, um, as a Brown belt, you know, the level is, is so high. You're basically already competing against black belts more or less, you know? And, um, and I had met Salo Hibeto and I had an opportunity to, to train under him and go to Brazil and spend, um, you know, like months, I lived there for four months. Um, and I, I told my parents, like, look, I, I I just can't go to school anymore. I got to go all in. Um, and it was a tough conversation. I was really worried about it. But at the same time, my dad, he, he got it. Like, he didn't like it. But at the same time, he understood it because he had more or less done the same thing. Um, you know, he did not follow a normal path. And he knew what it was like to need to follow your gut and your heart and, you know, um, do what, what was calling you. And, uh, and so he understood it was okay. I dropped out of school. I went all in on jujitsu and he, he made me promise to go back to school, uh, which I did, but, uh, but I have, I have yet to go back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) everything, everything worked out, you know, um, uh, I achieved what I did and, and really made a name for us inside the jujitsu world. And then beyond that in the martial arts world altogether. And years later, um, you know, this was 2004 when I dropped out. Um, and then in 2009, my father actually had a heart attack and he almost died on our academy mats. He had a, his heart attack happened while he was in the academy. Um, And fortunately, the school was right, was right next to a hospital at that time, just like a a mile away. And, uh, and one of the students recognized his symptoms and got him to the hospital uh, immediately, just in time, really. Um, And uh, my my father survived, you know, um, and he, he recovered completely and actually changed his health and became healthier than ever afterwards. But um, up until that time, I was, uh, you know, I was 25 years old uh, when it happened, and I was still just a 100% focused jujitsu competitor. I was helping my dad teach classes, but um, you know, by then I had I, I had won the worlds, and uh, I was traveling and doing seminars, and I was more more of a of a free spirit, so to speak. Um, I would teach classes and do private lessons when I was at home. But I was just always traveling, um, and I didn't have to worry about running the school. Uh, But then my father, you know, he was doing it all. He was answering phones, signing up students, teaching classes, you know, uh, just managing and doing everything for the school. He was a one man show. And my, my mom and I, we fully believed that's why he had the heart attack because he carried everything on his shoulders. He was very prideful, hardworking. Latino man that's been on his own since he was a kid, and uh, and you know he basically almost worked himself to death, um, and so then I stepped up and I said, Dad, look, I mean he he was in the hospital for like a week, and then he spent the next six months at home recovering. I mean it was a long recovery, and I had to step up and start running the school, um, and so in that time frame, um, I just discovered a new why, you know, I had a new purpose uh, up until then, all I thought about was winning titles. But then when I saw my dad almost die and not have anything to fall back on, you know, no retirement, uh, you know, and no like real systems in place inside the school, you know, it, 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 if I had followed another another path, like he wanted me to, we could have lost the school in that, in that time. You know, we might have lost everything. Um, and so when I stepped up, I realized, man, I I have a new why. And that's to make this school as successful as possible and help my family be there for my family. And, uh, you know, and I knew that I did not want that same thing to happen to me uh, as I got older. You know, we have to be smart. Um, and financial success became much more of a, of a goal up until then. I didn't really care. As long as I was doing jiu jitsu, I didn't care, but then I realized, okay, we need to make systems for the school. And, uh, and, you know, we deserve to be able to retire and not, you know, not have to worry about what's going to happen when we get older and and when our health can become a a problem, you know? And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so then I just went all in, um, on running the business. And the next year I actually took over the, the Academy. So my dad could, could semi-retire and just focus on his health. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've been running the school now for, for 10 years, over 10 years. And, uh, this year we actually just, um, moved into a brand new facility, 10,000 square foot facility. It's beautiful. Um, and that was really a, a, a dream come true. Uh, you know, just, a uh, you know, his life and my life together in the making to make that possible. Um, and uh, now we, we have over 300 students and, and we're very, very proud of, of what we have here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an absolutely gorgeous academy and I was delighted, to, you know, to, to hear that your, your dad's back and he's healthy. But do you think, how did you overcome the fear of that? You know, that initial kind of, is it because you knew you didn't have anything to fall back on? that made you sort of really just go all in for it and also how did you deal with the transition from competitor to running the business you know was anything that kind of stuck in your mind any sort of tips that found you found really helpful and do you think that resilience has made you the man you are now has made you the competitor you are that you just go all in and you don't back down
2: uh well yes uh you know it's all part of who I am I mean as far as like what um you know sprung me into into action and really making it a point to be successful I mean it all came down to family um and just seeing my dad's life's work and of course my my life's work I mean I grew up in that school you know I I I don't have brothers and sisters and so our family our whole livelihood um, was, was tied to that school. And that's a, that's a huge reason why I've never, I've never moved. Um, you know, there was different moments in my career where I thought uh, it'd probably be to my best interest to move somewhere like California or, or wherever to, um, be closer to high level training and competitions and things like that. Um, you know, but I, I, so much of my, of my heart was was in in that school. I mean I started helping my dad teach when I was 15 years old. Um so even though I didn't have anything to do with the business, um you know 10 years later when my dad had his heart attack, I had already been teaching inside of that place for 10 years and I was very attached to the students. And uh you know we had we had people that were on their way to becoming black belts and all that and people I had taught since they were white belts and I didn't want to to lose any of that. So I was, I was, my heart was in it. I, I love being a teacher. I love teaching. Um, and then of course, just family, uh, not wanting my, my dad to lose all of his hard work, his blood, sweat, and tears, his sacrifice, everything. Um, and, and mine as well, you know, um, and then, you know, as far as becoming, or, or how did I juggle being a businessman all of a sudden and, uh, and competing, um, you know, I just learned that uh, the like you have more time than what you think you have, um, and just how to be productive and how to schedule. Um, you know, schedule out your day and make the routine. Um, you know, after after a workout or a training session, it didn't it didn't be, it wasn't rest time anymore or or fool around on on the internet or whatever. You know what I mean? It was like okay now. I was just going back and forth from training for myself to business, to teaching, you know, it was always one of those three things it basically encompasses my whole day now for, you know, the last 10, 11 years. It's like, I'm either working on myself, I'm working on my business, or I'm working on my students. That's it. And, you know, every minute of every day, basically, uh, until I'm winding down at night, it, it, I'm working on one of those three categories, um and uh and so it was just you know being more like taking the discipline from be, be a, being a competitor and a martial artist and just applying it um into more facets of my life you know with with running the business it's like okay be disciplined now is is business time and and of course just learning um seeking knowledge uh you know I started attending business seminars and marketing events and things like that to to learn, um, what I didn't know and, and just put it into practice. And of course there's a lot of hardships along the way of figuring it all out and, um, you know, trying to grow. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I was kind of built for it and, uh, I just, I, I needed that push and then just had to apply myself as best as I possibly could.
1: So during that time, you know, this sort of like newfound love of always learning, always developing, that as well as your sort of trips to Brazil when you were younger, and then also now becoming the coach and getting the experience from that side, do you think that's helped you become like to the level of performance you are now that you've understand Jiu Jitsu at a deeper level, you've seen the different cultures, did that experience make you a better Jiu Jitsu player, do you think? Oh,
2: for sure. Um, I, I've, I really have, a, a beautiful history inside of jujitsu that's so special. I, I'm just so grateful for it because I got to see, well, first when I, when I began learning jujitsu, it wasn't for no the sport or, or winning titles or anything like that was not a part of, of, uh, why i started learning jiu jitsu it had nothing to do with my original aspirations or love of brazilian jiu jitsu when when my father start, first started learning jiu jitsu it was just because of like we understood that ground fighting was important you know uh, inside jkd there's the the development of your self defense systems in each range of combat from weapons to kicking range punching range you know into clinching, trapping elbows knees takedowns you know um, on into ground fighting and so in jkd even when i was a kid there was very limited ground fighting inside of it it was understood that you know you you needed to understand like you you we knew that ground fighting was something that it existed Um, but what we did in that time was just so rough and so ugly. Uh, it was not technical. Um, but, but it was for combat. It was for the, the, the reality of, of, you know, defending yourself in a a real combat situation. And so when I first started learning jujitsu, that's exactly what it was for. And then as my dad got exposed to it more and more, um, you know, like we under, we found out that hey there is a sport in brazil of jiu-jitsu you know there's jiu-jitsu tournaments originally the only jiu-jitsu we really saw was like the Gracie in action tapes you know and like it was more like valley tudo style you know which is like mma um and then we saw okay and then there's jujitsu by itself there's a sport of jiu-jitsu and then I, when i went to brazil in 99 i was at the the fourth ever world championships the very first world championships was in 96 and so there I was just a few years later and I got to see jiu-jitsu basically still in its roots um, in Brazil and uh, and I was going every year to Brazil um, to to learn and train and compete and I saw it there and then Jiu-Jitsu came to the U.S. and the the, very, the first worlds I did as a black belt was in Brazil. So I, I competed as a black belt at the worlds in Brazil. Then it came to the U.S. and I won the very first worlds on U.S. soil. Um, and then you know, over the next ten years, uh, when Jiu-Jitsu first came to the U.S. Uh, or the worlds specifically, when the worlds first came to the U.S., the whole Jiu-Jitsu scene in in, in America completely started changing. I mean, it just everyone started coming to America, um setting up camps here, opening up schools, and then it became that, you know, a few years later, you didn't even need to go to Brazil anymore. But in my day, when I was a kid, you had to go to Brazil to really see jiu-jitsu and learn it. Um but as all the Brazilians started migrating to the US, the whole the whole landscape changed. Um you know and uh, it's been an amazing like i mean just seeing where it is now to where it was then even when it first came to the US um and then going back to where it was in Brazil uh, man it, it's incredible but 100% um seeing you know the roots of jiu jitsu for combat and then the roots of jiu jitsu sport um and my experience competing in gi, no gi, and MMA, um, and really com- doing every rules format that there basically is of jiu jitsu from no time limit to time limit with submission only, no points, this, that, and the other. Um, and then, of course, fighting. Um, you know, I've experienced it all, and it's definitely all made me have a. You know a very well-rounded vision of of jujitsu, at least the jiu-jitsu that I believe in, and um, you know of course teaching as well is is such such a key in, in your in going full circle, um, in really understanding your own wise. You know when you teach it, you have to talk about that. You know okay, you like that move you're good at that move. It works for you, but why, why does it work for you? Why do you put your hand there instead of here? You know, uh, what are your details? You know, how do you do it different from everybody else? And you have to learn how to communicate that. And, um, and so, you know, now I've been teaching for over 20 years competing for almost 25 years in jujitsu. And, you know, all that experience has just come together to to make me who I am today. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful for the time that I got to come in and see it. Um, and I was just at the perfect age to be able to basically be a competitor during this whole evolutionary process. Um, and I'm still, I'm still in there. I just fought last week in the uh, just a little over a week ago. I just made my comeback. So, um, I'm just very grateful
1: I mean that's something that you've done you've won title after title. You've beaten the world's best. You've evolved with the sport. You've been trying, you know, mixed martial arts. You've gone through everybody that you faced there. What have you noticed then through the, you know, the top tier athletes? Is there similarities in the top performers that you've noticed? Is there things that you people don't understand about that level of performance? You know what what does it take? to to, to compete at that level, from instead of being a hobbyist, but to actually being a competitor, what what makes you know guys like yourself, Gordon Ryan, Keenan, and these are people such high quality competitors.
2: Um, you know, a lot of times people look at um, the world's best in, in any given field, um, and they can automatically just say, oh, well, he's, he's so, he's so gifted or talented, or, you know, there's natural ability. uh, And and they kind of wrap it all up into that, you know, they just, well, he's incredibly gifted, uh, you know, and and they think it it only comes down to the talent. um, And that's why they're so successful. Uh, But, you know, everyone has a story. Every single great uh, in in any, any craft or, or whatever. They all have a story. And inside that story, there was there was risk, there was doubt, there was fear, there was moments where they had to go all in, they had to make tough decisions. And then of course there's an incredible amount of sacrifice and dedication, blood, sweat, and tears. You know, there everyone has a story. Um, you know, everyone had to basically devote every moment of their life into, into their, their passion, um, to get to where they are. There's no other way. There's no other way. Um, and, and, and yeah, everyone has that, you know, whether it's, um, you know, going into debt because they completely invested everything they had, um, you know, they had to make a tough decision to, to move to another area of the world. Uh, away from their families, you know, to, to learn and have a mentor and and get access to training or whatever it may be to help them get better. Um, You know, everyone experiences failures, uh, obstacles that they have to overcome. You know, everybody, every single person has that. And and of course, just an incredible work ethic. You have to be a perfectionist. You have to be obsessed You can never be complacent or content with where you are, you know, there, there always has to be that hunger inside of you to keep getting better, um, which only, it can only exist if you are 100% completely in love with what you're doing, you know, and you're doing it for the right reasons, um, then that, you know, all of these things, um, just have a perfect sort of, uh, you know, like alignment and, uh, and, you know, it, it, anything can happen. Anything is possible, but it's never easy. It's never a smooth road <laughs> uh, by any means. And I think that that's what a lot of people can see or they just see the victories, they just see the celebrations or whatever. Um, maybe they, you know, they, they didn't, they weren't there for the dark times, the hard times, or the behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know. You know, like just even, even in my fight camps, Uh, in, in MMA, every camp has its own story, right? And then, then there's the bigger story of getting to a world champion level, right? That's sort of the big story. And someone can look at my record and say, Oh, he had it easy. You know, he never lost 10 fights. He went all the way up to the top and it was, it was, it was smooth sailing, but literally every fight camp had its own drama, had its own ups and downs, injuries, you know, hard moments, questions and whys and, you know, fears and doubts. And then you look at my title fight itself. That camp alone is like a lifetime worth of, of you know, hardship in one camp. Um, and no one knew what I was going through until I came out about it, you know, months later. But, you know, that's just an example. Um, and that's just one fight, one one little small piece in the whole big piece of, of that, of what is my journey. Um, but everyone has that. Every single person has that. And so, uh, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, you know, about finding your passion and your why and, and then committing to it and all that, like, you just got to understand that, Hey, uh, adversity is part of it. And it's, it's a good thing because it just makes you stronger and makes you have a deeper connection to your why's um and you know you just learn from every adversity every obstacle every temporary failure and you keep going and then that becomes your story and your story is beautiful right everyone's story can be beautiful um and, and any obstacle just makes it that much juicier you know you're you're living your own movie and you get to be the narrator you know you get to say when it ends and how it ends
1: And do you think that's a sort of a problem is that people aren't in love with their story? They don't understand they're letting other people write it because they don't know what they want from life or the enjoyment from life. Because, I mean, you're like highly successful champion, you know, you've won title after title, but then you got the devastating diagnosis, which, you know, you've come through with like such like resilience and positiveness about it and you know i really hope you recover well from it but how have you dealt with that possibility that you might not be able to compete in mma again how have how's that changed your story or are you just assuming with your mental positivity i'll make the story what i want it to be in life what you know what would you say to people who are having a similar kind of experience
2: well uh within difficulty lies opportunity you know, and and the quote that I said on the Joe Rogan show, you know, every adversity carries with it the seed of an equivalent advantage, you know? So, I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds so simple. Obviously it's not. Um, but you have to train yourself, uh, every day to get to the point where you have unshakable positivity, um, unbreakable positivity, being resilient not giving up, staying strong, being able to dig deep, and all those sort of things, just comes down to staying positive. Not never giving up. Not you know, you're, you're you always have faith. You always believe, and and you know, maybe it feels like something could be taken away from you or something isn't fair, but if, if you're able to stay positive and keep an open mind. You never know how that could be redirecting you to, to something that is even bigger and better um, if you stay open to it and, uh, and try to see what the possibilities are, what the new opportunity is, um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, just, I mean, that is being resilient. Uh, and it takes, it takes training. I feel like as martial artists, We have a bit of of an advantage in in that realm because um, you know we I mean a black belt is a white belt who never quit you know Um, it's so obvious that if you keep coming if you keep showing up one day you will become a black belt Um, there's no way around it if you if you never give up you're going to achieve it Um, you know it just it's just a matter of time right. And, uh, and sometimes things will happen that, that where you had this plan and you had this time frame laid out and something's going to happen that's going to change the direction and maybe t- things take more time than what you wanted or whatever. But, um, but it, it's just part of making you who you are um, and, and help you have a deeper connection to your whys and your story, your journey you know, and, uh, and, and gives you more to share more to say, um, you know, th- they're like in, in, in jiu jujitsu, for example, um, you know, there, you could get injured, uh, you know, things happen that they can expand the amount of time that it takes you to get to black belt, but um, you're still going to get there one day. And, um, you know, I think as far as you know, the fight camp itself, um, and everything, you know, that I was got hit with and going through there, I had to accept, of course, the possibility that I wasn't going to get approved to, to fight, um, and, and just be grateful. You know, um, it was, of course it was going to be heartbreaking, um, if, if I didn't get that opportunity to fight. And it was even heartbreaking afterwards, of course, to to get to the top and then have to stop. Um, But I had already found such a deep level of gratitude. And I think that's so important as well. Like really to be able to stay positive or stay or be happy, I think, is so directly tied to your sense of gratitude. Um, And for me, I, you know, understanding this condition and how it could be so extreme to where children that have what I have, they they have, sometimes they have to have multiple brain surgeries before they're even teenagers because it is so life-threatening and it is so bad. Um, you know, and here I am already with such a wonderful life of living my, my passion and fighting nine fights um, and basically getting hit in the head my whole life, you know, and, and I had no issues. And so I had to just like slap myself in the face a little bit and be like, man, what, what, what can I complain about? How can I ever complain about this? Yes, there's a, why is this happening to me type of a thing? But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I was still in perfect health and I'm still am today. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I don't have symptoms. I don't have seizures. I don't, I don't, you know, uh, I've never been in a coma. I mean, I don't even get headaches. You know, uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't need a surgery right now. Um, and hopefully it stays that way. And, uh, and so that was something that I had to like, okay, I need to be grateful, grateful that this isn't worse, grateful that I've got to do all the fights that I did have grateful that I've learned everything that I've learned, grateful that I've had my family and these beautiful people on this journey with me thus far. And they're gonna love me no matter what, and that that gratitude allowed me to be content, um, and and accept whatever whatever possibly could happen. But then it also gave me the strength. Sorry, it also it also gave me the strength to keep going and not give up, and keep seeing doctors and and keep believing that the commission was going to approve me, and keep training in the middle of this camp that was just going, everything was going wrong. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it gave me the strength because I felt like, okay, at the same time I could accept it, but I also felt like I had to keep going for us. And because we all deserved that opportunity to become world champions. Um, and it, you know, it got me through it and everything worked out. And, it, and of course, it was really hard and sad to then later on hear that, you know, no commission was going to approve me again and blah, 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 blah. Um, but we had that one, you know, and once again, how can I complain? You know, of course I cried uh, and I was sad and, and you know, I couldn't imagine having to retire like that, uh, you know, but at the same time, the, the journey was beautiful and we got we got that fight. Um, And so I just think that gratitude is so tied into being positive and being able to stay positive is so tied into knowing your why. Uh, When you know your why, it gives you you strength. And when you're giving everything you have, uh, then you know you deserve it. And if you know you deserve it, you're gonna keep your faith. And if you keep your faith, you stay positive, and then it circles back around, and then you're you're happy, and then you're grateful again. It's just all tied together. Um, everything comes from inside. It's all in your mind and your heart.
1: Because you can certainly see the passion, the love, the intensity you have. And you know, I watched the Bellator behind the scenes leading up to your fight, and you see the. amazing relationship you have with your girlfriend your family your friends your training partners who come and live with you you know the coaches and there's that like kind of connections there what has that taught you about friendship competing you know what matters in life because you've said there about you know that most people would have been devastated that they were champion and they had had you know this diagnosis but you've explained how you're looking at this as a positive and then as an opportunity to go do something else, which you then went and competed at one of the highest levels in jujitsu and beat the guy. You know, what has this taught, the experience taught you about resilience and being what's important in life?
2: Well, um, MMA was so beautiful for me because it brought every phase of my martial arts journey together. You know, so my father being my first teacher and uh, you know my, my first martial arts experience was under him and then there was jiu-jitsu um, and mainly my my jiu-jitsu journey that the greatest gifts, gifts that it gave to me were the Hibeto brothers solo and Shanji Hibeto and of course my own students my own black belts um, but uh, but you know solo and Shanji are my Brazilian brothers? You know, I'm not related to them, but I feel I feel such a a bond with them. Um, you know, when you give blood, your you know blood, sweat, and tears. When you share blood, sweat, and tears with somebody, they become family. You know, and we did that for years, for over a decade. Um, and then there's my Muay Thai coach, um, you know, who is also one of my my students. I am his student. He is my student. Um, He's one of my black belts and I am one of his black belts. And we've been training together for over 10 years. And he comes and lives with me for two, three months at a time for every single one of my fight camps. Um, And then there's my wrestling coach who I've been training with now for 13 years. You know, Uh, he is also one of my black belts. (laughs) He's one of my jiu-jitsu black belts. I'm one of his students. You know, that's the kind of relationships that I have. My strength and conditioning coach. I've been training with over 10 years, is one of my jujitsu jitsu students. Uh, my mobility and yoga movement mentor um, is one of my students. You know, we all, we all share. And so uh, jiu-jitsu is just one small piece. When I did MMA, everyone came together to be a part of my camps and be invested into really my success. But it was the success of all of us. And each fight, each camp, you know, all of us getting together, uh, man, we would just have so much fun and we would learn so much. We would all evolve and, and just laugh and, you know, of course, work our asses off at the same time and, and, you know, have a mission that we were focused on together as a family, as a team. Um, and it really helped me discover whereas Jiu Jitsu you know, it didn't bring all of that together for me. Uh, of course I, I love jujitsu and it was maybe a little more personal to me. Um, and there was a lot of like trying to be this figure of a non-Brazilian in the sport that was kind of important to me. Um, but MMA, MMA really showed me that, Hey, this is a, this is more of a, of a, of a family thing, you know, it, this is I, like the best part was just the time that we spent together. You know, uh, all of us, that was the best part of every, every fight, every camp, every, the whole journey was just, man, we got to spend so much time together, you know, cause each person is so busy. They all have their own schools, their own, uh, you know, uh, commitments and, and travel. Everyone travels family, blah, 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 blah. But they would literally all open up their schedules, you know, scratch out and clear their schedules for my fights. And, you know, I would joke about it. I'd say, man, there's no other way we would get all these people together unless it was a a funeral, you know, which would be the extreme sad end of things, a funeral, a, a wedding or a fight. You know, that's the only way we can get all of these people together, you know, because everyone is so busy and are, are experts in their fields. Um, but they all came together for me. So what it showed me is it, really it's, it, it's the journey and it's who you get to share it with. That is the best part. At the end of the day, I'm going to be forced. I'm going to retire at some point anyways, right? We're all going to grow old. You know, we're, we're not all going to be able to be competitive, you know, it, if you're out there and you're, and you're an athlete of some sort, um, you know, there's going to be life after competition. You know, you can't compete at the highest level forever. Um, and uh, this showed me what really is important a little sooner. Um, because MMA, like I said, it brought everyone together and it showed me that, Hey, the most important thing, the most valuable thing, uh, that martial arts has given to me is, is not the, the titles or, or anything like that. It's just the people. It's the people that I get to share it with, um, the relationships and the experiences that we've shared together, um, the the memories, the moments, and the lessons. Uh, you know, these lessons, the things that I have to say now. You know, uh, that, that I'm talking about on this this podcast. You know, these are the things that I get to share now. Um, these are the most valuable things because this helps me make an impact across the whole world, you know, and, and do something much bigger, um, than what we could ever do individually. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the most valuable thing. That's what everyone should be looking for. You know, your, your, your personal journey and, and, and path of achieving goals and accomplishing your dreams is really just to sort of, uh, I feel like it's sort of to give you so much knowledge that then you can give back, you know, it, it uh, empowers you so you can empower others and the people that are with you over all of those years, cause you're going to go through so much and you're going to have to make changes and you're going to grow as a person and the ones that grow with you, those become your family. Those people really become your family and your bond with them only gets stronger over time. And now I can call on these people at any, time, anytime I need something and they're going to be there for me. And that's the greatest gifts.
0: It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are one hundred percent honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up
1: I love that because it it certainly came across in that you know in that documentary of the bond that you guys had. I mean, you've talked there about, you know, passing on that knowledge and training and coaching. Has there been something that you've discovered since you started that coaching side and coaching like your Muay Thai coach and your yoga coach or, you know, learning from them about skill development? Have you found training hacks or any particular ways that could rapidly increase or speed up somebody's development in Jiu Jitsu? Or is that a case you've just got to love it and turn up every day?
2: Um, well, I I think I definitely, I have a, I have a different vision. Uh, you know, you, you, mature over time, um, with your, your routine and, you know, you go through things with your body, right. Uh, dealing with injuries or, you know, we, we, we basically try everything once, at least once, you know, um, with, especially with, with the, the cross training stuff you know, the things outside of your specific craft, um, you know, like strength conditioning, which could be a numerous things, right? Weightlifting, kettlebells, doing sprints, using machines like row machines, bikes and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then there's just mobility and movement and yoga and diets and blah, 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 all these things. Right. Um, and what I what I say what what I think I've realized is that the real goal here, uh, you know, it isn't so much to prep yourself for one day, one event, one moment, or anything like that, but is to prep yourself for longevity. Longevity. I think the real goal that any one of us would have deep down of course we want to win stuff but more than that hopefully more than that is to just do what you love for as long as possible and to live the most full life as possible because you feel healthy and energized and your body can still move and do what you want it to do uh when it comes to some sort of athletic you know um field um And, you know, and so over time, especially after my most serious injury, uh, which was a a completely torn pec tendon, uh, my, my pec tendon, which connects your, you know, your, 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 your pec, your chest to your shoulder, to your arm, it completely snapped. And so basically my arm was like hanging off my body, right? It was just, it had no connection. I couldn't, I couldn't use my arm And that was a really, really tough time, a really hard road back, a really hard recovery. um, And one in which I wasn't sure if I would ever be able to come back and compete at the same level. And and that's when my mind really expanded because I realized how much damage I was doing. I wasn't recovering. I, I was pushing myself too hard. I was competing way too much and competing even when it didn't make sense, you know, like it's it didn't even make sense, but I felt like, oh, uh, I'm there. My students are there. I'm, I'm training. I'm in decent shape. Why not? I'll just jump in and do it. And I wasn't always motivated. And I just I, – I was kind of running myself down, uh, and I overdid it, and I got hurt. Um, and it c- c- made complete sense why I got hurt. And uh, and then coming back from that, I realized, okay, I'm not going to compete. I'm not going to do anything unless I'm fully inspired, uh, unless I'm 100% motivated and inspired to be there. Um, and then I started making all these changes to my routine and having a productive day of training or a productive day of, of just health, uh, you know, for your body didn't mean, doesn't necessarily mean that you had to drag yourself out of the gym or out of the, or off the mats, you know, and that's really what my mindset was before. I felt like I had to go as hard as I possibly could as many days of the week as I possibly could. And so I wasn't recovering. My routine was, was unbalanced. Um, and I didn't have the vision of longevity. And then I realized, look, I just want to do this for as long as I possibly can. You know, I want to be in my fifties. And still able to train and roll and move and, you know, just do what I love. Uh, Even past that, 60s, you know, maybe even 70s, who knows. But your vision changes when you think it could all get taken away from you, you know. Um, And so then I realized longevity was really the focus. And I I started doing less. Less can be more, right. Um, And just plugging everything in better. And making my routine as good as it possibly could could be, um, adding in a lot more recovery walks, you know, uh, Epsom salt baths, hot cold therapy, sauna time, um, you know, pool time with with no impact, uh, just really plugging all that stuff in at the right right times in my in my week, um, so I can recover. And my routine just got better and better and better. Um, and I really discovered and learned a lot of that inside my MMA career, uh, you know, because MMA, you have to do so much. And, um, and so the way I pieced it together got better and better for each fight. Um, and, uh, my recovery just, or my, my routine became so dialed in, um, you know, doing yoga. That's what brought me to meeting Cameron Shane and becoming a student of his inside of movement and yoga. I mean, that's really what, what we do, right? We're, we're movers. And so, you know, it just becoming the best mover I can be, uh, which makes you more open to exploring everything, you know, uh, like there's more ways to move your body than just jujitsu, uh, you know, do it all and, uh, and just explore. And I think that helps you have a deeper connection to your body and understand where you need to put your focus. What are your weak areas? um, How can you strengthen? How can you get more flexible, more mobile? You know, but really, I would just say longevity. The mindset is longevity. Not for, you know, one year, five years. Not for a title. Not for a competition, a fight. It's just to do what we love for as long as possible.
1: I love that because that's something you know I love about jiu jitsu is people that are 70 80 odd are still doing it because it's and enjoying it and benefiting from it so what then would you give to people you know about competing do you think everybody needs to compete in jiu jitsu does a com- competition open up and you learn about yourself or is you know is competing maybe just different for people who want to take it a bit further in jiu jitsu should you compete and what advice would you give to people who are, you know, thinking about competing for the first time?
2: I'm definitely an advocate of competing. Um, I don't think you need to do it all year, every year, you know. Um, but I definitely think, you know, at least maybe once a year, twice a year, or, or at least once or twice at every belt level, you know. Um Uh, just for the experience. And once again, I I just think it's so important that we all get out of our comfort zone, at least a little bit, you know, um, uh, here and there, you know, and challenge yourself to be at your absolute best. Um, if you really love jujitsu and want to be the best you possibly can be at it, then competition is definitely the best way. Um, because you're, you're, naturally going to train more serious and more dedicated. um, If you know that you're going to compete in two months, right. Or a month, Um, you're going to be more serious. You're going to really try to dial in your game. You know, you're going to drill, you're going to be there every day and uh, prepare yourself to be at your best. Um, You're going to get in better shape. You're probably going to lose weight. You know, you're going to look good, feel good. And, and you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're challenging yourself. Um, and with that, you're going to learn, you're going to learn about yourself, how you respond to pressures, anxiety, um, you know, the nerves and, and then you're just going to get data. You're just going to get straight up data on how you, how your game matches up, um, with, with those that are around your same age and weight and skill level. Um, and so then from there, you can go back to training and say, okay, here's what I need to focus on, um, which if all you do is train inside the room, um, you know, you, you're not, it's, it can be hard to get new data, right? Because you're probably training with the same people and your rounds tend to become replicates, you know, it, this, it's hard to get outside the box when you know, there's a million different games out there and you're only training with five or ten different games regularly, you know. Um, so th- that's, you know, that's my thought on on how it just makes you better. Um, but, you know, there are people that uh, that are in a in a situation where maybe their challenges come inside the work you know, inside their work, their, their professional lives. Uh, you know, maybe that is their extreme stress and pressures, um, comes from their professional fields, like lawyers, doctors, things like that. Um, or, or, you know, entrepreneurs who are, who are, you know, doing launches and products and things like that, that, that are really, it's really pushing them. And then they're coming to jujitsu for that meditation right. Um, to get lost and sort of have a little vacation from their days, um, which I get. And then that's fine. You know, just as long as you have that in your life. Um, but if you're, if you're successful, comfortable, uh, so to speak, um, you know, and you have your family and and you're not really getting challenged in any other element inside your life, um, then I think it's a good thing. I think it's a very healthy thing. Um, you know, and, and you should do it. And, and, uh, I, I, am sure for everybody, it's probably not the main reason, but at some point in time, there was the thought of learning martial arts to be able to defend yourself. And those high pressure situations where that could come into play, um, you know, it's a huge advantage if you compete and you know how to deal with your nerves and be calm and breathe and, you know, uh, you, you just know what that feels like to have your heart racing 100 miles per hour, um, you know, and, and and still be of sound mind. Uh, that's what happens when you compete. And uh, and so for a real life circumstance, if you're a competitor, I think that will help you even more um, to defend yourself if you really need to. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind, you know, um, to, to help people decide if they should compete. But I, I definitely preach to my guys, it's like, look, we, we need to be constantly working on ourselves, we're, like I said earlier, ourselves, our businesses, and our team. And I believe that if we're the best version of ourselves, then, you know, we we will be that much better for our students. Um, and so challenge yourself in competition is going to be help you become the best ver- version of yourself. You're going to learn from it. You're going to grow from it. And in turn, that's going to help you become a better teacher and pass on more valuable knowledge to your students, especially those who want to compete and and also challenge themselves. And, uh, and then you're leading from the front, you know, you're being an example and you're showing them that, Hey, I'm not afraid. And I practice what I preach, you know? Um, and so you're going to inspire them and it's just going to make you better. It's going to make them better. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, at the same time, uh, the better we are, the just the better we do. So, um, you know, I I tell everyone, look, hey, uh, try to compete once a year, you know, even if you're in the 30 plus category, and you have families and and professional lives, you know, one, one weekend a year, you got the masters, and it's a great, great time. Um, And if you can, Get another tournament to warm up so you can be a little more sharp for the masters, you know, so maybe twice a year. Um, and it just becomes fun. And, and once again, you get to be around your, your, your guys, you know, your friends, your training partners, your teammates, and make some special memories um, and maybe make a special moment for yourself where you dug deep and you overcame something inside of a match or a tournament that really helped you evolve as a person uh, and showed you that maybe you were a little stronger than what you thought. And then you can take that and apply it into your life, into your work, into your family life, you know, Um, be a better husband, be a better father or whatever uh, the case may be. And, you know, uh, it's a beautiful thing.
1: I love that kind of idea here because... That is something that's rarely talked about. You know people say, "Oh, no, you need to compete to see to judge yourself against other people and that. But that kind of motivation is what made me want to compete. But how do we deal with the darker side of jiu Jitsu Because something I struggled with was when I got my blue belt after just over a year. I started immediately going into roles and worrying about losing to a white belt or getting tapped or comparing myself to somebody else who was maybe getting better quicker than me or, you know, like... What, I, I'd lost the fun of jiu-jitsu. It, I'd, I'd forgotten why I was doing it. And I, I remember you said in another interview where you, your daily walks had kind of reunited your passion for it and your desire for it. What How... Should we deal with things about like making mistakes, not comparing to others? You know, what would what would you say to people who are losing the joy of jujitsu or they're not competing because they're worried about it or they're comparing themselves to other people? How do you deal with those kind of students?
2: Um Well, I mean, so you're, you're, you're talking about some of the things that you're doing that you even understand and realize you shouldn't be doing, you know, like, uh, when you're talking about comparing yourself to others and, and getting frustrated and things like that, um, you know, here's the deal, uh, it, 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 the whole, the whole process, the whole journey, right. Is just for you to become the best version of yourself possible, um, you know, the things that you learn in martial arts through jujitsu or whatever, whatever you're doing. And this is, this is in any walk of life, you know, um, if you're living your passion and you're trying to improve, um, uh, in that, inside that world, you know, how can you apply that in your everyday life? How does it make you more grateful and, and make you, you know, what are you learning that you're, that you're sharing with others and helping to impact those around you? And, um, how are you, how are you, you know, getting the most out of jujitsu to make you become just a better person, a better, you know, father or husband, you know, with your family and everything else. And, and so when you realize that, look, it's just, I'm only here to be better than what I was yesterday or the day before. Um, you know, it's such a personal journey. It's, it's only about you. It's an individual thing, um, you know, and you working to get better. Um, And when you earn your black belt or everything that you're going through on your way to black belt is just to help you become the best black belt you can be. Right. Um, You know, I've seen so many guys, right. I've come up, like, I, I had guys I competed against back in the days. I don't know where they are today. And they used to be monsters, right? I had students who were amazing blue belts, purple belts. I i don't know where they are today, you know? Uh, the, the point isn't now. Uh, it's not to be the best blue belt, to be the best purple belt, to be the best brown belt. It's to become the best black belt you can possibly be. And when you get your black belt, your whole perspective is going to change because then you're going to realize, hey, I'm not done. I can still be better. You know, you, you, you know, like you'll get your black belt and you'll feel inadequate. You feel like, oh, man, I shouldn't even be wearing this thing because I don't feel like I'm perfect. But that's the point. You're never going to be perfect. You can still get better. You can still learn. You can still become more efficient with your techniques and your movements and then it'll hit you. It's like, look, that's what this has been about the whole freaking time, you know. You get so caught up in belts and, and the short term thing that you that you for, or, or you didn't even realize that you know uh, one day you're going to get your black belt and those things would still be there. That you would still feel like you could get better. And you're still going to get tapped out sometimes. You know, it's not like oh, I got my black belt, I'm invincible. I'm not going to get tapped out anymore. You're going to get tapped out, and you may get tapped out by a purple belt. You know, um, that doesn't that doesn't that's not that doesn't mean there's anything wrong. <laughs> you know, it's just a reminder. Hey, guess what? You still got more to learn. You're still not perfect. There's still you're still making mistakes, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing to feel that. It's a good thing to understand that there's always room to grow, um, you know, because that's what life is about. We're going to keep growing, keep maturing, um, and then you get to share. Then you get to start to teach, and then you realize, man, this was so I could give back, you know, as well. Um, So, you know, that's – the, the, the vision of it, you know, don't get caught up on the short term and love your own journey. You know, you got to love your own journey. Give yourself props. You know, it's like, if you, if you still show up, Hey props, you're still there. Right. Uh, there are plenty of people that quit, you know, inside the first month, uh, six months, year right after they get their blue belt, you know what I mean? So be a fan of yourself, like give yourself props, I'm still here. I'm still going. I'm still learning. Nothing's going to stop me. Um, and and you'll see, man, some of those people that maybe you like kind of let get the better of you and, and you were comparing yourself to them, you might notice one day they're not around anymore or something came up. They got injured and they didn't make it back. You know, um, and it, it, it's a marathon, not a race. You know, it's only about not quitting that's it. Even when you get your black belt, you got to keep going. (laughs) You know, the journey only gets more and more beautiful. You only become more and more grateful and like in love with it uh, as it goes on. Um, You know, like without a doubt, it it just gets better and better and better. So, um, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Like, whatever you've learned today. What, what, what belt are you again, Ian?
1: Uh, I'm a blue belt now. You're a
2: blue belt. How many years have you, have you been training?
1: Uh, I got my blue belt on my first year, so it was about a year and a bit just before the COVID.
2: Uh, okay, so just a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking, you know, basically a year. We'll just say a year. Um, what does that blue belt mean to you? Does it mean a lot to you?
1: yeah it took i went through a lot of kind of to get to it i did a lot of private lessons and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and then when i lost i I made a sort of a bullshit sort of story in my head of what i was getting judged and competing against other people and i lost the fun from it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's my biggest regret from it is i started thinking people are judging me and trying to you know, I've got a target on my back and I've got to show to a certain level a standard where nobody cares. But I still struggle with it at times. Mm -hmm. But For me, the blue belt symbolized that was the first thing I had stayed at without just giving up Mm -hmm. because it got a bit hard or whatever. So it symbolized that I could achieve something if I wanted to, if I really kept, you know, I I was able to get to that level if I really pushed myself. Mm
2: -hmm. See, and that's just after one year, you already have that, Feeling, look what what you've overcome, and you know the the, the maturity and the growth and just you know it's the first thing you stuck with for that long, uh, all these things, you know it, that means so much to you. Now imagine what it feels like to get your black belt and look down at your black belt. All the experiences, the lessons, the ups and downs, the relationships that you get from that. I, I guarantee I could ask every black belt in the world every Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt in the world and say, hey, if, if you were to receive a million dollars to exchange your black belt and all the experiences, all the lessons, all the memories, the, the whole journey, if you were to trade that where you would forget it all, you would it would be like it never happened, but you got a million dollars, would you do it? I guarantee they would all say no, 100%. They would all say no even for more money, you know for me there's it's, it's priceless right It's priceless. You're on a priceless journey. Um, and so that's why I'm saying it only gets bigger and better. you know maybe right now that you're only a year in if someone was to offer you a million dollars you would you would think about it right but but uh, uh, that's what I'm saying that's why you have to keep going because you may not have anything in your life. Of course, if you have family or whatever, but there may be, there may not be anything in your life that you could say that is priceless to me, right? That is the value that jujitsu is going to give you because one day you're going to have a black belt that will literally be the most valuable thing. It'll be priceless. No one could put a price on that. Um, and that's what you're going to receive. You know, that's the, that's what it's all for, right? So uh, just try to try to keep that in mind and and remember it's only going to get better and better. And all of the all of these hardships, all of these discoveries that you're thinking about and going through, and the frustrations and all that, um, you know, you're, you're just going to become better because of it. And and you're going to understand in a clearer way um, how it's just life. You know, you're just going through life in in a, in this little, um, miniature, you know, version of itself, which is your jujitsu journey. There's your life journey and then your your jujitsu journey. And it's, it's the same, you know, you're going to have ups and downs in regular life. You're going to want to compare yourself to others. You're going to see what people are doing on social media or the, you know, you drive by a neighborhood and you want that and you see that, or you compare yourself. Why does he have that? I don't have, that. you know, all these things, but that's not you. You have what you have. And, um, and you know, it, it, like, all these things that you learn on the mats will help you in life, and it only gets better. So just keep that in mind.
1: The, the, that actually really sort of blew me away because I've always kind of given the the deeper meaning of jujitsu a kind of lip service, but when you put it like that, you know, it kind of really hit home of – I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in learning the techniques, or you know who tapped who in a role and does it question our masculinity if we get beaten by a smaller person and all this kind of stuff. We forget, like you're saying, it's the the journey of it. It's not just the actual or oh, who's better and who or the ta- the belts and stuff. And I got so wrapped up into people getting their blue belts before me, who I thought I was better than, <clears throat> For, forgetting it was I a better version of myself? What was I getting the benefits from Jiu-Jitsu? I mean, you talked earlier about, you know, coaching people and telling them that, you know, they had to become the best version of themselves. What else, in addition to training and turning up and competing, etc., do you want your students to be doing? You know, do you have philosophies on diet? Do you have attitudes towards, like, visualisation, training, meditation? What else... Do you think, you know, the best quality students should be doing in addition to coming to class?
2: Well, um, you know, when you train, you're naturally you're working on your, your technique, you know, and your 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 physical abilities. Um, but then there's the mental, the mindset, the the you know everything you touch on, sort of the the mind, mind and spirit you know, that, uh, that I believe needs daily work as well. Um, you know, so we have, we have our mind, body, spirit, and our actual craft that, that we need to dedicate our lives to. Um, and, and once again, always trying to be better, always trying to learn um, and feed positivity to, you know, we give our bodies good food, Um, we recover, you know, we walk, we sleep, we move, we breathe, um, all these things. Um, you know, we work on our, on our craft, we learn our technique, we work to improve our technique, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, and then I, for me, I think that the mind and the spirit, um, is so closely when you have this martial arts mindset or martial arts upbringing, you can see how closely they're tied together, uh, but a lot of people don't train with a martial arts mindset, a martial artist mindset. Um, they train for sport, uh, so to speak, like the competitors. They maybe don't dive so deep um, into some of these other things because of just the the intrigue or the, you know, of, of winning, right? um, and winning at all costs. And so maybe the, the mind and the spirit can get a little, little off. Uh, like you see it a lot in MMA, right? Like there's fighters, but then there's martial artists. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times people don't even train when they don't have a fight, you know, but a, a real martial artist is going to be constantly working to improve and train year round all the time. But, uh you know, I encourage my students and everybody to take time to to work on these other things, meditate, visualize, um, you know, th- that's things that those are things that you can do inside of your your walks, you know, uh, or your recovery, your yoga, your 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 breathing practice, um, you know, and really just have a, a deep connection to uh, what you're doing everything for. Right. Uh, I think that comes with meditation, Um, you know, understanding better who you are and your purpose, your motivations, um, how to become the best version of yourself. You know, I think these things are a part of that. So, uh, of course, feeding yourself well um, for physical and then feeding your mind well, you know, so if it's reading books or, uh, you know, just putting good material like. Inspirational stuff that you can find on YouTube or documentaries. Um, you know, anything like that, 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 that motivates you. Um, I think it's, it's important to kind of put that in there uh, as much as you can. Um, maybe it's actually writing yourself. You know, I've, I've kind of discovered some things um, recently uh, inside this quarantine. It's pushed me to, 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 get a couple projects off the ground. Uh, one of which was, or is a a book. And, um, and so going off of what I've been saying, you know, taking all these lessons of my journey and sharing them and giving back and trying to teach and make an impact and all that, um, my sort of meditation and reflection and, and all of that has been tied to writing recently. Um, and uh, working on my book. Uh, and part of that has been trying anytime someone asks me for a podcast like you have, I try to make it happen. (laughs) Whereas the old me, the pre quarantine me, um, wouldn't always say yes. I just, man, I'm too busy. Sorry. Um, but now I'm trying to say yes so I can put this out there and I get better at it and I say it better and I understand more, uh, because this is what I'm writing about, you know, um, and so this is a form of meditation for me. And now I have a, everything I've talked about today on this podcast, I'm going to take it right into my classes tonight and I'm going to share it. And I'm, I just have that vibe now, you know, uh, I'm in a good vibe. Um, and that's what I'm doing, you know, so everyone's different. Uh, you know, just find your, find what you love to do and what works for you. Uh, it may be sharing things with your family Um, you know, the way that you spend time with your, your children or whatever, um, could be a form of meditation, could be a form of, of, you know, breathing and, um, a form of discovery as well. Right. Seeing, seeing a little mini you, (laughs) um, but, uh, you know, I, that's what I think. I just mind, body, spirit, um, and of course our craft it all deserves attention every day and uh, and how you can get everyone else involved um, in you know uh, some of that or all of it is uh, is going to make it even better
1: see it's like this is why I love this podcast because I get to speak to guys like you who not only give amazing answers like that it's like you've completely changed my approach to jiu-jitsu you've kind of opened my eyes to the benefits of it again and made me realize you know why i fell in love with it and i know that there's going to be so many people who are going to be going through this as well who are going through covid19 who are missing jiu for what it gave them not so much just learning to choke people out but it's the the brotherhood it's the you know it's the chance to become physical again or to have a laugh to kind of to discover the joy of competing with friends and you know all of that kind of thing. And I think that's why we're all missing it. What do you want the the evolution of your academy to be now? You know, like, what do you want your legacy to be? And is there something that you're the most proud of out of everything you've done? Because you've done some amazing things. But what are you most proud of? What would you love to have written on your tombstone, you know, when you've passed?
2: <laughs> oh, um, man, I don't know.
1: I think because you've had an amazing story. I,
2: I, I think uh, it comes down to just trying to inspire people. Um, you know that's my favorite thing about teaching. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm really embodying now is my my position as a as an influencer and being able to put positive energy out there. I really discovered that recently, uh, I feel like because um, you know the quarantine, kind of locked me up, obviously gives you time to reflect. Um, And as, as I said earlier, you know, inside difficulty lies opportunity. And once I got kind of over that original sort of like feeling of just sadness or, or getting hit with that difficulty, uh, I was able to find the opportunity. And that's when I, you know, got things rolling on this book and that helped me realize that, you know, I need to be trying to put that energy out there, every day through my social media and i've started i went down a different path of posting um you know it's not just hey here i am this is what i'm doing this is what i got coming up uh which it's not that it always was but um maybe my my real inspirational stuff wasn't happening every day or maybe not even every week right i just i was oh i'm a little too busy to sit down and write something big or or anything like that but you know everything that i've been through recently with mma uh and, and you know that transition or whatever that process um and then opening up my new school and then quarantine hit uh it was like okay everything's on pause and so it's like who i am who am i now and uh and what can i do and uh and you know, when I look, when I think about the book, and I and I say, okay, what is my number one why or purpose for, or for wanting to create a book? It's just to try to make as big of a positive impact on the world as possible. To try to inspire, and just give what I can, what I can give. You know, I believe that that these things that I'm talking about can be applied in anything, right? It's just life. Um, more or less, you know, um, you don't have to be a fighter. You don't have to be an athlete. Uh, you could be anything. You could be a musician. You could be an entrepreneur. You could be, you know, someone that works on wall street, whatever, uh, every, everything there's, there's still a fight, uh, in life, no matter what you're doing. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's the journey and there's who you are today and who you have to grow to become in order to be able to accomplish those goals. And inside of that are, is the process. And I think with that process, the, my process, the lessons that I've learned, I can share and hopefully others can apply it and it'll help them get to where they need to be as well. Um, so that would be it, man. I just, you know, I'm doing it inside my craft. Um, with the people in my community and trying to make as big of a difference as I can here, as well as around the world. When I teach seminars, I have my affiliate schools. Um, I think the book will take everything to the next level. And, um, you know, if anything, I just, I just hope that people feel inspired and feel a bit of positivity. Um, maybe they get a little, you know, extra motivation or, or they're just able to live life a little better in, in some shape or form uh, because they were around me. That's that's all I could ever ever hope for.
1: And I think you're definitely doing a great job of that. But why did you go with the, you know, the idea of writing a book? You know, did you contemplate starting your own podcast? Or do you find that when you write things out, it kind of allows you to understand it on a deeper level? You know, are training journals and things like that helpful in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Does writing allow you to kind of express yourself better?
2: For me, it does. Um, I, I I like to write, uh, sort of. How, how do I put it? I like to reflect, um, and then take notes. <laughs> I guess I would say um, I have stacks of notebooks um, from my my years coming up. Um, you know, trying to learn and study jujitsu and um, write down my goals and my focuses. And I never wanted to forget anything either. I hate feeling like I forgot something that could help me, you know? Um, and so I would write down everything, every possible technique, every game, everything that I ran into that I didn't know, I would write it down. And, um, and I just, I just really, I, I feel that, um, I feel like, you give power, you give more power to something when you write it down, uh, especially in jiu Jitsu. It helps you remember it's like a, it's like a mental rep, you know and you can do enough mental reps that it actually transform and transforms into a physical rep. I believe that. you know it's just the same thing as like visualization. If you, if you visualize something so much and you see it happening, it, it's gonna happen. It, it will happen at some point in time. it will happen. Um, I really believe that of course it takes all the work behind it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 just, for me, it's been a powerful thing in my life and my career. Um, and so, like I said, I reflect, I think about the journey, I think about the moments, the lessons, and I just basically take notes on it. And, um, and I've been writing and making bigger. I've been turning that into social media stuff. I've been making videos, trying to talk about things like that on social media, uh, and just put that energy out there for everybody. Um, but that's been my therapy. You know, that's been what I w- that was what I was doing to stay strong, stay motivated, and stay productive in this in this difficult time. Um, and it actually made me work more than what I would normally. And I've just been so positive, <laughs> just so positive. Cause I felt like I was doing what I should do. You know, it was like destiny. It was like, okay, if, if this didn't happen, I would still be doing my traveling. I would have been competing a bunch in jujitsu and, um, I probably wouldn't have started the book yet, you know, but now it's like, okay, what's my opportunity. It's to get this book going. And then inside of that, I found a new me. And now I, I love to teach even more. I, I'm, not, I'm more open with talking and sharing things. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be on this podcast right now. So everything everything is, is for a reason, you know. And, uh, and that was my quarantine purpose, so to speak, was like, okay, I've, I've thought about it. I've talked about it long enough. Let's start it. It's, it's book time.
1: I love that, the, the fact that, you know, it's, again, it's like going back to what you said was inside every adversity, there's an opportunity to grow and develop and learn about yourself. And is that what you want? Everybody going back to jiu-jitsu, you know, how because we're reopening a lot of places now. Do you want people who are going back to the mats to realize that it's a chance to grow and develop? And, because this time is it's almost like the world has stopped to give everybody a chance to learn about themselves. You know, we've learned so much about what's possible for our jobs and what's important in life and who we should be looking to as, you know, sort of heroes in our societies and things like that. But what would you want people who are going back to jiu-jitsu or going back to MMA, et cetera, to start remembering and thinking about life and how would they act from now on after this COVID uh well
2: definitely I mean come back with a with a huge sense of, of, of gratitude, you know. Uh as as we all know, I mean it could be taken away. Anything could be taken away. Um and the the fortunate thing with this is that no one got hurt. I mean, as far as injured, right? Uh, usually people will get the realization of like, oh, I need to be grateful. Um, I can't take it for granted. When they have an injury right? You get a knee injury or something like that, a bad injury, and you're out for six months or two months, three months, whatever it is, you're like, oh, and then you have a, an extra gratification, you know, or a sense of gratitude for your health. And when you come back, you're just like, oh, man, oh, I missed this. I love this. This is so important to me. And uh, and you just appreciate it more. Um, and so everyone should be thankful that, you know, they didn't lose it because they were injured um, and they're coming back and, you know, it's not because they were hurt, but they should still have that feeling of, all right, it can be taken away. Life can happen. The world can change. Um, you know, I want to really show love and appreciation to the art and to my training partners, my teammates, um, my, my teachers and everyone that is helping helping me become the best version of myself through jujitsu or martial arts, you know, uh, just don't take him for granted. And, uh, and if anyone was hurt, Hey, what better time to get hurt? <laughs> Cause everything was closed anyways. So, um, you know, Pretty yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And, and, try to keep, keep that purity, right. Don't come back. And then it's just like, okay, uh, wins and losses, right? It's not. Don't train. No one's. There's really hardly any events out there, right? Uh, unless you're uh, on a on a higher level of being able to compete professionally. Maybe you get some super fights or something like that, you know, uh, in jujitsu. Okay, um, and uh, you know, so for the most part, no one's really getting ready to compete. Okay, and so if they're training. When they come back to train, they're training just to learn, just to get better, and so and then at the same time, don't if you get to roll, don't oh I gotta go go crazy to get some submissions and make up for a lost time and feel like I'm the best again or I'm better than everyone in the room and and just go crazy and train super hard and blah 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 and, and every round is is a match you know it's not a match right it's just learning. Um, you know, so to take that sense of gratitude and bring it into your training, it's like, okay, uh, of course, I'm going to try to submit this person when you're rolling with them or whatever. But that's not what it's about, you know. It's just learning and growing and and uh, you know, sharing something with with your friends and and these people that are a part of your life that you haven't seen for a couple months or more now, you know, and you miss them. Right. And, uh, and so I'd like to see everyone smiling, everyone, you know, just feeling grateful, um, and and training for the purity of just learning and getting better, not trying to tap out everybody. Of course, you know what I mean? If that makes sense, of course you want to achieve your movements, but, uh, but a lot of times that's, that's all, all that matters, (laughs) you know? Uh, when you're in your car and you're driving home from training, that's all you think about is, oh I tapped this person or they tapped me or blah, 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 blah. Not just, man, I'm so happy I trained tonight. You know, that's not always on your mind. And now I hope everyone feels that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just make the most of it. Um, be grateful and enjoy, focus on learning, focus on getting better. Don't focus on taps or, or tournaments None of that matters.
1: That's beautifully put. I mean, it's definitely something I think you've kind of reaffirmed people's purpose of going to jujitsu. You know, we're not just going to win, we're going there to learn and develop ourselves and just become better people from it. Jujitsu is a tool to help you discover yourself and, you know, you're competing against the previous version of yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know i'm being blown away by your sort of social media by your answers i mean i would love to go into like another do another podcast soon and talk about like competing and how you do stuff before the fights and training routines and all this kind of stuff but you your stuff is now on a deeper level that's really helpful and it kind of blew me away when i started getting reading into it i mean i loved your instructionals but your latest stuff on social media your videos your inspirational stuff It's phenomenal. So just keep doing what you are doing because it's helping me. It's helping so many people I know, and also you're you know you're smashing your goals. But what do you want people listening to this to take away from it? Like what what would you want the go home message for them to be?
2: Oh gosh, I don't know. (laughs) Hopefully they can take away as much as what I said as possible. Um, Yeah, I mean.
1: there, because it's difficult to sum up. Yeah, there,
2: there's, there's a lot, um, you know, it, your your routine and how you work on, you know, your mind, body, spirit, dedicate yourself to your craft every day, stay positive, be grateful, just never quit. Um, I mean, that was the last thing I would, if I, if I had to say one thing, it would be that, like, stay strong, guys, don't give up, don't give up, um, you know. It, like, I don't know. That's just, that's it, man. If you don't quit and you, and you keep going forward with everything that you have, um, no matter where you're at, you know, you're going to get better. And that's all that matters. If you get better, you're getting closer to the next step, uh, the next goal. And then there's going to be another one. And then there's going to be another one and another one. So, you know, um, sometimes we think, oh, if we get here, we'll be happy or that'll be it, you know? Um, But that's, that's not the case. We're going to just keep trying to get better forever. Um, So it's not about getting to there or here or whatever. Uh, It's just keep going. We just got to keep going, keep going, keep pushing and, uh, and just keep learning along the way and trying to make a difference. But um, yeah, that's it. Everyone out there, I know, A lot of people are struggling still, uh, or struggling even more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful and and pretty blessed to be here in Oklahoma where it hasn't been that bad. Um, but, uh, you know, if you are there, just do your best to stay positive, dig deep. If you haven't found something new or some opportunity inside of this, try to reflect on that now, what it could be, what have you been putting off? um and get it started just get it going what can you do with this time uh you know because later on you're going to be looking back on it and 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 wish you did have this time again you know um and so what can you do with it to make the most of it uh and and how if you've already have been doing new things how can you keep that going um Whenever things do start to come back, you know, plug new things into your routine, uh, whether it's something with your family or something for yourself um, that you've made time to do now because you have it. How can you keep that up uh, when things do come back? So, uh, you know, uh, all of this, like I said, just makes us stronger. Um, stay positive. Make the most of it. And whatever it is you're you're doing, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Stay strong keep pushing, um, you know, that's it. The, the The last round is the best round.
1: I love that. Uh, one of my favourite questions I always ask is, is there an unusual fact about yourself that very few people know that you could share? Is there something like a, an unusual hobby or a guilty song that you love to listen to that people are always blown away when they hear? Do you have a passion for, I don't know, yodeling or something <laughs> like that?
2: Uh man, I'm pretty straightforward. Uh, I I don't know. I, I mean, I think we all love to have shows, right? We all love to have our, our own show that we like to watch. Um, I I basically always have a show in my life. <laughs> uh, that's that's my way to wind down um, at night, you know, uh, with my fiance, um, or if I'm traveling by myself. Even when I'm when I'm at fight camp, I have to have a show it's like my reward. Um, and so here's what I do every night. All right. This is, this is a Levato secret. Um, I get up and I, I try to grind <laughs> for 12, 14 hours or more. Um, you know, just go and, you know, I, I, I work and I work and I work, but I always have an, a reward, um, for myself. And, uh, and, that's what I look forward to every night. And I think that's, that's important. It's like to have a, a reward. Um, you know, it, it could be whatever. So for me, my reward on a daily basis is at night, usually it's not till around 11 o'clock, 1130. I have a show and I watch an hour, sometimes two hours of that show. Um, and, uh, and, That's how I get lost. My phone's off. I watch the show. I enjoy the show, whatever the show may be. I've seen so many shows. Like I said, I always have a show. And then I I treat myself. Um, And so when I'm eating healthy, uh, I'll either make a smoothie. uh, So like a healthy smoothie, but I put, you know, fruit and honey and cacao nibs and all these tasty things um, inside of it. So it's like delicious. Or I, I make a Greek yogurt bowl. Um, and so I have a Greek yogurt bowl with, uh, you know, granolas and, and nuts and, um, berries, honey, coconut chips. I'll, I'll have like six or seven different ingredients. It's like a, it'll, it'll be like a $30 bowl of granola, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, because of everything that I put in it. Um, and that's my reward. And I literally look forward to that every day, watching the show and having a reward, uh, which is some sort of food. And when I'm cheating and I'm eating bad, uh, after a fight or something like that, or if I'm just, if I have whatever, I have time, then it'll be something worse, (laughs) uh, like ice cream. But, uh, you know, I, I love that. That's, that's what I do. Um, a smoothie or a Greek yogurt bowl, basically every single day and every single day, there are a couple of days every now and then where I just get too tired. And I'm just like, all right, I'm passing out. But for the most part, I always watch at least one episode um, with uh, with my fiance of whatever show we're into at that time.
1: Um, is there any that you're willing to admit to just now? Have you seen Peaky Blinders, oh, yeah. Narcos? All of it, all of it,
2: all of it. All of it. Uh, Ozarks, Money Heist. I've done it all right now. We're in shameless. Uh, I never watched shameless, but I always heard great things about it. And we're, we're like right in the middle of the fourth season. Um, and there's nine total. So that was something we started like, uh, in the middle of quarantine and we're still working our way through. Um, but yeah, Peaky Blinders, amazing. One of the best shows ever. Um, you know, there's so many good ones. I highly recommend Money Heist and the Ozarks. Both of those had new seasons come out during uh, quarantine. Um, I also watched The Last Dance. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. Um, the Last Dance was amazing. Another documentary that came out during quarantine. But yeah, I love, I love to have a show. <laughs> I always must have a show.
1: And have you got to a point where one of you watches episodes ahead of the other person or watches it without the other person? A lot of couples just now are falling out on the fact like their partner cheats <laughs> on them by watching a show or, you know, a couple more episodes. And I always find that really funny, but I see it everywhere. Yeah. Like f- friends are moaning at each other on Facebook and all this kind of stuff. But I mean. Yeah,
2: that, that, that you know, that's a real thing. That is a real thing for sure. Fortunately, um, so my girlfriend, she's Colombian, and so or my fiance, she's Colombian, and she loves to have her own little Spanish show. Um, and so, if one of us aren't around each other, we also kind of have our own individual shows uh, that we'll do. Now she'll she'll watch her, her Colombian or, or her Spanish show, and I'll usually just end up watching fights or jujitsu matches or whatever in, in case we're not around each other. Um, but uh, but no, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty real. Uh, Neither one of us are allowed to watch our together show without without the other other person there. Um, However, there has been times when we were on where I was out of town for fight camps and things like that, and I would tell her, "Hey, look, I'm watching the episode tonight," and she would watch it too without me, and then we would talk about it. So you you got to be on the same schedule for sure, though. That's 100%. Or have your own little individual show on the side. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a real thing. Cause, uh, yeah, you, when you're committed, you, you don't want the other person to know before you. And it's like, Hey, I thought we were together on the-. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, have you seen like, um, the Punisher for example? Yes. What's your take on when you see jujitsu in, you know, TV shows like that? I mean, I know there's a lot of guns and things like John Wick and that. Do you find that you can enjoy the action scenes as much as possible or do you find yourself kind of looking going, oh no, that's not how I do an armbar or you know, that's not realistic or how, what's your kind of take on the way jujitsu has now become more mainstream and cool in a way? You know, like all these celebrities are doing it now.
2: Oh, I like it. I love it. I love to see that it's gone that far and that so many, you know, celebrities and actors um, are fans of jujitsu and mixed martial arts. And, and they're trying to bring more legitimate, you know, fight scenes uh, and moves to the, to the big screen. Um, I love it. Uh, In fact, I would love to be a part of it. (laughs) That's what I think. I think about how much I would love to, to teach some of these people and, and share my passion with, with them and, and uh and maybe create a fight scene or be a bad guy in there sometime that would be pretty pretty awesome so um we'll see what happens down the road but um i love it i i I love to see it
1: well I've used up so much I've had the most fun I've had in ages doing a, uh, a podcast. I cannot thank you enough for coming on because it's been an absolute joy. We definitely got to do a round two at some point. But for those listening, you know how can they find out more about you? Keep in touch. Come and train with you. Find out more about the book mm-hmm. and that sort of thing.
2: Uh, well, everyone can follow me uh, on social media pretty easily. Uh, my Instagram is Lovato Junior so it's L O V A T O J R uh, B J J, and you can find me on Facebook, Facebook.com/lovatojuniorbjj, the just the same. Twitter, Lovato Junior BJJ, um, and uh, my school is in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, if anyone is ever <laughs> coming through the middle of the country they are more than welcome to, to visit me here and join uh, a class. Um, They can find our information at OKBJJ.com. And um, that's about it. I mean, anything otherwise, as far as the book and, um, you know, seminars, events and competitions that I do, I always post about on my social media. So it'll be there. Um, And uh, yeah, if they follow me there, they'll, they'll see, they'll see it all. So, I uh, just appreciate the support. If there are any jiu-jitsu people out there listening, um, I, I made a Facebook group um, a few months ago when when everything started going down. Uh, I actually just started it uh, right before quarantine hit, and then when quarantine did hit, I was like, okay, this is perfect. I've, I'm I'm going to focus on you know helping people through this group um, that are stuck at home. And, uh, and I did live classes there. I shared videos and talked to, to to people. So it's kind of like following me, but it's one step above where there's a little more interaction and, and things that I do. And so anybody in jujitsu martial arts um, that would like to be in my Facebook group, they can find it by going to com. So L-O-V-A-T-O-J-R-Fans.com. And that will redirect them to my Facebook group.
0: Well, that's it for another week, and thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life.